so so what I'm hearing there is I need to convince Jim to come on one of these and tell us tell us a little bit about him too. I that would be great. I would love to listen to that, honestly. Spoiler Log, and a link to the past Randomizer podcast. I'm your host, Dante, and I guess I convinced him. Today, we do have Jim, and I hope you guys are going to enjoy listening to this. Jim has been one of the titans of the community for quite some time now. Very good runner, uh, pretty soft-spoken about most things, does enjoy memeing just a bit. You'll see that a bit in this episode. And uh, yeah, I don't want to take up too much extra time. I spoke a lot last week. We're going to keep it simple this week. Let's talk to Jim. All right, Jim, today is your day. Uh, welcome to the spoiler log. How you doing? Yo, daddy. Uh, I'm, I'm doing great. I am, I am, yeah, very excited to be here. Um, I may have been put under, pr- under pressure to be here too, um, by the getting shouted out <laughs> twice now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm super excited for you to be here. Uh, I, I I was told to have you on by multiple people, and I said I, I doubt Jim's going to want to do this, and so uh, I'm glad I'm glad you came around because uh, you you're one of the grandpas of the community, but you don't act like one of the old grandpas that you know hates glitches and things. You you seem to adapt really well. Every time uh, <laughs> things change. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of change. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to keep it fresh, right? Exactly. All right. Well, let's let's rewind the clock. Uh, tell me tell me about gaming growing up. Uh, were games a big part of your life? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so I have no memory of this, but according to, to my mom, uh, the first time I played a video game was when I was two years old. <laughs> uh, okay. And like the story goes, um, I was apparently really sick, and then my mom was like trying to figure out what to do with me. Um, and they had that SNES like around that they, I don't know, bought at some point, but never really got into playing. And yeah, so they put it up in front of TV of the TV, handed me the controller, and had me play Super Mario World, and. Well, I have no recollection how that went. I assume it, I just pressed random buttons and was happy because like Mario was walking, running around. But, you know, sure. with me being two years old, I, I'm not sure I got any amount of fire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, you know, that that's all, you know, fine and all because, you know, a two year old is not expected to, you know, be like a barbarous king as far as uh, <laughs> Mario World skills go. Yeah, so and then when I was three years old, I played Kaiser for the first time, and uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> I love it. This, that explains your prowess in gaming. Yeah, yeah, surely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I do recall playing uh, Super Mario World's a crap ton. I think before I got my N64, it was actually the only SNES game I had. Um, but I got my 
N64 relatively soon after um, I well started. Like, let's call it being a conscious human. Um, whenever I got old enough to actually yeah, actually sure. play uh, video games, um, <laughs> and <laughs> and yeah, uh, growing up, I as a kid, I was mostly just like playing Mario games. Um, so I got uh, Mario sixty four for my N sixty four, and I played that a crap ton too. And let's see what else did I play? Oh yeah, Paper Mario. I. That was probably my most played N64 game. I just loved that game two bits. Yeah, a lot of people really love that one. It's it's a classic for sure. Yeah, it's it's so good and it still holds up to this day where other N64 games might not so much. Um, you know, looking at the Zeldas, for example. Uh, sure. But yeah, maybe interestingly enough, uh, considering we're like in a you know Zelda gaming community, I never actually played any of the N64 Zeldas on my N64, at least. Uh, the, the first Zelda I played was actually on the GameCube, um, Wind Waker. Mm. Okay. And yeah, and, until then, I wasn't even like aware of that series because, I don't know, I guess I was like young enough that uh, I just wasn't really informed about games and it was mostly just me like going to the store. I think it was usually a second, or like a used game store that my parents took me to and just like picking random games. But yeah, starting with the GameCube, I was like old enough that I like paid more attention what game is what, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, sure. Yeah. So I started out on, uh, of course, with uh, Mario Sunshine on the GameCube because that's how I start all my consoles and eventually I bought Wind Waker and that one I loved. Uh, I guess it was like the first like action adventure type game I ever played because till then it was mostly RPGs with like Paper Mario or jump and runs with the you know Mario games. Banjo Kazooie I played too on the N sixty four. But yeah, that one was okay. special. Like Wind Waker was special to me because you know for the first time I had like to do it with a sword and I was beating up people with it and. <laughs> Was, I, um, I've noticed a trend <laughs> with people and it seems to be like whatever their first Zelda game was, it always leaves like this, like lasting impression on them. And they like, they take that memory with them forever. Uh, you know, yours being, I guess, Wind Waker in this case and, you know, Link to the Past for me. And, you know, I know some people even say Ocarina of Time, even though we all know that one doesn't hold up well. Uh, but yeah, that's so tell me, tell me your experience with Wind Waker. Uh, I guess like, you know, you said you had the sword, you were beating people up. Is that something that was appealing to you, like the combat aspect, or was it just kind of that exploration feeling? I'm pretty sure it's both, actually. Um, like, like actually fighting things, uh, I think that's really exciting in general. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the games I play nowadays still are like third person. Um, you know, you have like usually a melee weapon and, you know, you fight enemies with it. And that's just really the kind of game I probably prefer the most to this day. Uh, but yeah, the exploration aspect was definitely also part of what I really enjoyed. Like the world was huge. You were sailing across the ocean and then whenever you found an island, it was just exciting to see what it has to offer. And of mm-hmm. course, since it's a Zelda game, the, the dungeons were awesome too. And then whenever you found an item, it's just like, oh man, I can do this thing now. And it's just... Yeah, tons of fun. 
<laughs> yeah, you always get that little bit of like a sense of accomplishment. Like Zelda does a good job. The series itself does a good job of kind of, you know, making you feel rewarded for uh, the efforts you put in, especially like if a boss is too hard and you have to constantly grind and die and grind and die and eventually you beat it. So uh, I'm going to ask this too. Since you like Wind Waker, did you play the remake on the Wii U at all? Or uh, or did you just only play the GameCube one? I only played the GameCube one. I never got a Wii U because it just never appealed with the games it had to offer, I guess. I don't know. What, what games did it even have? Like almost none of them. Like most none. of the good ones are remakes, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think everything that was really good on the Wii U is like already remade for the Switch. So like it's like the biggest slap in the face to everyone who bought a Wii U, uh, but also <laughs> makes it a little more uh, a little more appealing to those who who have a Switch so they can not miss out on everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. So uh, past the GameCube. You said you had a Wii. Uh, were there any other consoles? Did, did you go over to like the Sony or the Xbox series consoles? Uh, PC gaming. Uh, was that something growing up you you experienced as well? Yeah, I did eventually. Um, so first I got a PS3 sometime in the... I have no idea. Like sometime between 2008 and 2010 probably. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, I started playing games. I started out playing games like uh, Oblivion, Mirror's Edge, Assassin's Creed, stuff like that. Like just like all the exciting stuff you you know like always saw but couldn't play it because you had a Nintendo console. Right. So yeah, I had some catching up to do there. And um, one really important game for me that I eventually stumbled upon was Demon Souls. Um, you know, coming back to the you know, third person holding a sword, fighting enemies type of game. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I found this on like some random German gaming site where, where I usually just went to like find like tips and cheats for games, you know, kind of like game facts maybe, just like a German version. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, they had like a random article I just stumbled upon where they praised Demon Souls like an enormous amount and at the time it wasn't even available in germany <laughs> so oh okay. they were like yeah so you guys were a little late getting that yeah i i, I don't really know what the timing is but like first release in japan then sometime later in the us and then way later in europe um but yeah i actually <laughs> ended up uh you know begging my parents to let me import it on Amazon. Uh, I think this was even before I turned like 16 and then they were like, oh, but this is like a 16 or 17 rated game. You can't have that. And it took some convincing to do, but Oh then, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, eventually then I got to play it and, and man, that game, like Demon Souls and like the Soul series uh, with Dark Souls later on really like changed me or like the way or like what I like to play let's say like that um so is that is that series something you kind of stick to even like to today like I know Elden Ring is of that same vein you know thinking of something a little more recent uh both of those I I guess like have you played through like all the Dark Souls I know Demon Souls was first but have you gone through all them plus like Elden Ring yeah I've played every single Souls game and Soulsborne game, so it's like Bloodborne and Sekiro too. They also, you know, like sort of 
games in the same vein, um, all made by FromSoft. Um, okay. Yeah, those those games they they are just special to me because I don't know. It feels like you can do so much in them, and they're really challenging and fun and rewarding, and yeah, just 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 a blast. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, I'd say that's a little more difficult than the average, you know, Zelda, like going in with your sword slashing away. Um, I think my first experience with that series and my last experience with that series was Bloodborne. Um, And uh, as punishing as the boss fights were, I was like, you know, this is not for me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 so hard. Yeah, definitely. It's just not everybody's cup of tea. And I fully respect that. but yeah, for me, they, I like whenever like the FromSoft announces a new Souls game, I just get really excited because you know I'll I'll get to spend at least hundred hours, probably like closer to two hundred plus uh, on on a pretty much guaranteed very good game. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the quality's always there. Like the difficulty's there, obviously, but the quality with those, like I've watched some of those on Twitch. Uh, you know, you there's hardly anything bad to say about them, uh, except, you know, I think my best case argument is I just don't like them. But that's 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 me. That's not the game. The game is objectively good or all of them seem to be. Mm, yeah, I, I, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, really cool is also like the exploration part of it. Also, like maybe tying in back to like the Wind Waker thing that we talked about earlier where, you know, I love. Yeah, know, sure. Sailing from island to island. Um, obviously, it's not like a big ocean that you traverse, but uh, there's just so many cool areas and finding out how they like intertwine and, you know, finding like a secret weapon in a, a random corner of a place and stuff like that. It's just super exciting to explore. Yeah, those are pretty, they're pretty big worlds, if I remember correctly. And there's just so many, there's like pitfalls along the way too. Am, am, am I right in that? Uh, at least that's how my experience was. Yes. Yeah, there's pitfalls in two senses. Like one, like the pitfalls that just randomly kill you, but also then like two random pitfalls that you fall into and then stumble in a completely new area that you might've missed otherwise. So, mm, okay. It's, it's exciting in two senses, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so, you know, you experience these, uh, with the PS3, or at least start the, the start of these series um, with the PS3. Anything else on that PS3 that kind of stuck out for you, or was that kind of was that kind of your gateway into you know I guess like maybe modern PC gaming? Yeah, I think that was pretty much my gateway. Um, at some point to, during the PS3 era, I guess before the PS4 came out, I decided yeah I, I'm on the PC. PCs are cool. Um, my friends have PCs. Mm-hmm. I want them too. Um, yeah, at some point I ended up buying a gaming PC and I think like the, <laughs> the the first big game I remember playing on it was the Dark Souls PC version after already playing the PS3 version like a year <laughs> <Okay>. earlier. <laughs> um, That's worth it. Hell yeah. Worth it to me. Um, and what did I play? I'm having a hard time remembering, so... <laughs> This is, we just jumped directly to Link to the Past now, right? Like that, that's what you did. You just jumped right on in. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I I played, I played Dark Souls PC version in 2012 for, from 2012 to 2017. And I played Link to the Past. Uh, No, of course not. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> let me think. What what big games stick out that played on PC? I think one is Binding of Isaac Rebirth. That one I put a good 100, 200 oh, hours yeah. into. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, That's another I'm good game. I'm always to say, embarrassed to say this, but there was also like a dark year where I played nothing but Call of Duty Black Ops 2. <laughs> on okay, PC. all right. Um, like that's, I, that's fine. It, it's it's like, to me, I, it's still like really weird how I got so into this game because I really don't like shooters. Like I tried shooters before and didn't like them. And then I, like my mm-hmm. friend wanted me to play it. And I was like, yeah, sure. He was like, yeah, let's just play zombies together. And I was like, sure. Like we can play like, you know, the PvE stuff. Um, it'll be fun if I played with you. And then like I randomly tried out multiplayer and got super in it into it for like a year. And well then, you know, like the next Call of Duty came out. Uh so like the the, the game kinda died. And the next one mm-hmm. I think it was Call of Duty Ghosts or whatever. Like everybody hated it. And it was a terrible game. So I played this for a bit, you know, thinking, okay, maybe I'll like it too. And I hated it and then I think I tried like the Call of Duty after that one too, and then I just gave up on the series and shooters in general. And that was my one year of enjoying shooters. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I uh, I remember, you know, I used to play all the Call of Duty games myself, even uh, back on like consoles. But I would play them for the achievements and like just the main story. I like the the multiplayer always like I'd get so frustrated because I was bad. Uh, and I mean, the, just uh, being honest, I was just bad at them. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of relate to spending more hours than you want to, like in hindsight on uh, for some reason, I, I did that with I think it was Black Ops three that was on PC, like me and some IRL friends were just playing this nonstop. And I got to the point where I was playing it and I'm like, man, this game's kind of bad. I'm not even having fun, but I'm doing it because I'm hanging out with my friends. <laughs> so uh and I don't, I, at one point I, be, I think one of us actually asked, like, can we just find a new game to play together? <laughs> so. that, that, that's a good friend. Like he made a good yeah. suggestion, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the only problem was that was when I had to like, just kind of sit in the voice call because they started playing. I think that was around the Fortnite time. And I was like, I'm not doing this. Oh, this is terrible. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's an yeah. unfortunate choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a good idea gone wrong, but. Anyway, uh, so so you played through some Call of Duty and then uh, through all this time, I guess, with the gaming PC and, you know, kind of being attached to the Internet. Were you were you aware of Twitch or Justin TV? Like, were you watching people live stream games at all? Oh, yes. And I I'm not exactly sure what the timeline of that looks like. So I remember at some point stumbling on the, onto the Twitch front page. And okay. um, there was a Wind Waker speedrun on. Um, it was, uh, well, back then they were still called Cosmo Ride playing. And I th- like, right. that was the first time I'd ever like encountered a speedrun and, you know, saw splits and stuff like that and thought, wow, that's, that's awesome. That's so cool. Um, so yeah, I, I watched that. Um, I'm not sure if I made an account at that point. Um, so I was re- recently thinking about that and I think that my account is from like 2012. 
And like the first oh, wow. people I followed were indeed like speedrunners. So like if you go on your like following list and scroll all the way down, you you see um, like who you followed first. And it's like the first mm-hmm. few people I followed were like uh, Demon, the, the Wind Waker speedrunner, um, ZFG, uh, Anop, and Siglamic. So, you know, just like okay. the, the big speedrunners that you, I guess, think of, you think of like Nintendo games. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely got into uh, like watching speedruns at some point. Um, and yeah, I, I spent countless hours watching, you know, like Ocarina of Time, uh, Majora's Mask and Wind Waker speedruns. And I had a blast with that. Um, not a reason I'm saying I'm not sure which came first. Um, is because there was another uh, like pretty big thing that got me into Twitch, and that's related to oh, Dark Souls. Okay. Um, so back when the Dark Souls PC version released, that was also around the time I got into like lurking uh, like the game facts boards, and I found like a guy there that was like you know suggesting to start a fight club for Dark Souls PvP on PC. And I was like, yeah, I want that. That sounds fun. So I messaged mm-hmm. the guy and we, we we started playing a bunch and eventually also started becoming really good friends. And yeah, so we were having this fight club and we were PvPing like, uh, like pretty much all day <laughs> against each other and like a few others that also joined. And I think overall, I must have spent like close to a thousand hours just on P- on the PvP portion of the game. And wow. eventually, that's <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, I, I'm a little sad. So Dark Souls One um, was on games for Windows Live. If you still remember that, it's it's like Steam, yeah. but it's extremely terrible. Right. Uh, <laughs> And with it not, and with the game not being on Steam, I and like Steam unfortunately didn't track like my playtime. So I, I'd love to know how much time exactly I spent on a game, but you know I like to tell myself it's probably like a thousand hours. <laughs> but who knows how much it really is? Definitely was like a ton. Yeah. But yeah, uh, back on track for Twitch. So eventually, the guy was like, "Yo, did you, did you see this? Like people on Twitch uh, hosting fight clubs and live streaming." And I was like, wow, that's cool. Well, let's join them. So in order to uh, like follow these people and like chat in their chats, like I I think that might have been when I ended up creating an account. But maybe maybe that's not true. Maybe I also already created it to follow speedrunners, but at the latest at that point, <laughs> I would have created my my Twitch account and started, you know, chatting in like these people that hold these fight clubs for Dark Souls, uh, chat like be in right. their chats and uh, yeah, go and go into their fight clubs and yeah, we we had a blast there. So <laughs> my that uh, that friend of mine and I were we were pretty damn good at the PvP part of the game, and we were yeah. Kinda, I imagine that being really hard. Yeah. So <laughs> so Dark Souls. Especially Dark Souls 1 PvP was, to me at least, very fun, but it was absurdly broken. <laughs> like, just mechanically. <laughs> okay. Um, which is why 
if if you see people talk about like the older souls pvp like they a lot of them just absolutely hate it because it's that it's just so glitchy absolutely destroyed by latency and completely unintuitive to play well <laughs> because mm, like if you okay. if you just dare walk forward um your opponent is just like gonna walk like teleport behind you and backstab you and you just instantly lose like a third of your health and not really much you can do like if you don't know anything about the mechanics and how latency works in that game <laughs> it's it's just that yeah, kind sure. of absurd um, or you dare to make an attack and suddenly he's behind you and backstabs you and it's, it's just stuff like that but <laughs> but once you, you could tell it wasn't like high on their priority list as far as like having it be seamless uh, on yeah, PC for sure um, and it's not actually not only a PC thing it's it's like a even on console oh, okay. it's just it's just I don't know like the the engine the, the servers like a combination of those just made it unplayable if you try to have like a casual experience let's say like that <laughs> um, okay sure that makes sense but like the cool thing is like once you learn how to abuse and also counterplay like the latency and like all the broken shit in that game it just became so interesting and i think that's what made it possible for me to spend so much time on that because you could just improve so much in and the game itself was like the the PvP itself was like basic, but then all these ditches and the latency um, handling made it so interesting and fun to improve. Um, so yeah, yeah. So it would be kind of like it'd be kind of like you're learning more so how the game and the game engine. Uh, and I guess in this case, the servers as well, like how it handles everything. And then not only having to react to your opponent, but kind of planning ahead so you don't get caught up by like a latency problem. So you're I, I guess is it safe to say with stuff like that, you're thinking like two to three steps ahead, like the entire time? Yes, yeah, sort of. Yeah, you have to anticipate where both you and your opponent will be like one or one and a half seconds in the future, um, because if you. Like there's this latency of like, yeah, let's say like one to one and a half seconds. And like, let's say you make an attack and it hits on your screen, then your opponent usually takes damage. Okay. Like they actually, actually scratch that because if they dodge it on their screen, they, they don't take damage unless the latency is really bad. But uh, what was really broken is, so does the Souls game have this mechanic called backstabs where if you get behind your opponent, you both end that is animation where you stab your opponent in the back in the back and steal a bunch of damage. Um, mm-hmm. So the thing that made it really silly with the latency is that, um, like the the backstab, like when you're behind your opponent, you press the attack button. Um, like you end like the the backstab animation is basically a zero frame thing. Like the moment you press R one to attack, um, you just backstab them, and. Like, even if they, like, get out of the way on their screen, they still get sucked back into this um, if you on your screen backstab them. So, um, yeah, you basically had to figure out how to avoid that um, in order to not just get absolutely demolished. And basically the whole game just revolved around that. And then there were a bunch of other glitches that you had to abuse to, you know, stay safe or whatever. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I 
I so, th- so think you can see how that ahead. makes it absolutely miserable for like a new player <laughs> that doesn't know what's going on because oh, they, yeah. they just like walk and, it, and then they're dead. <laughs> There's nothing I can do. Uh, but so I want to I want to ask about these like f- like I don't know fight club type things. So like were there a lot of people like this is the first time ever hearing of this. Like I'm pretty sure I'd heard in passing that you know the Soul series had some PVP to it, but hearing it in detail like this is actually like brand new for me. So I'm I'm probably going to get railed for even asking this like from people who are like I can't believe Dante didn't know that existed. But uh so like these fight clubs are they like were, were, did streamers like just have like completely open ones where anybody in the chat could just join like are these like lobbies that you can join and get matched up 1v1 no unfortunately there's not really any support for that in the souls games it's basically you okay can put a thing down it's called a summon sign that you just place on the ground and then it shows up in other players worlds and then the host can you know interact with and summon you and then generally in a fight club okay they, they would summon two people and then they fight each other and whoever wins gets to stay and eventually, you know, at least in these Twitch fight clubs, whenever the host feels like, okay, you've had enough time, then the host starts fighting you and either you win, then host dies and the fight club gets reset or, well, he kills you and then he can summon two new people. That's generally okay. how All it right. went down. Interesting. Yeah. That seems like a good way to farm, like you know, people viewing you, I guess, like, you know, especially if you have any following at all, it's like, okay, now I want to join this guy's, you know, fight club or whatever, or try to get in on it. Or especially if you think, you know, they think they're, they're tough stuff and you know, you're clearly better than them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, especially like the PC community wasn't very big. And I guess on one hand, that means they, the people didn't get very many viewers, but also there just weren't that many streamers. So even if you were like a sure. small streamer without following, you pretty quickly got, you know, like a couple tens of viewers probably. So yeah, you're probably I right. Gotcha. So this was, this is what brought you into, I guess, Twitch as far as like being there a lot. Um, or at least that's what you were saying. It may be uh, one of the two speed runs or this, but uh, so I guess bring me to bring me to like a little closer to the present where where did you find out about A Link to the Past Rando? Considering, I'm assuming, you've had no experience with the vanilla game at this point, based off of, unless you went back and played it, like, on an emulator. No, I actually never played it. Uh, okay, I won't say never, but uh, I never did a full playthrough of A Link to the Past before Rando. Um, I, I have very vague memories <laughs> of, like, a friend handing mm-hmm. me their GBA when they, I guess, were playing GBA version of Link to the Past. And the mental image I have of that is like I was as a bunny on the pyramid. <laughs> and <laughs> I assume what that means is my friend couldn't figure out how to progress because they skipped the moon filling hair. <laughs> and yeah. I probably couldn't figure out much either. <laughs> but but that's like the <laughs> the one little memory I have of of Vanilla Link to the Past during my youth or childhood. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty awesome <laughs> yeah it's, it's really funny to think about now. <laughs> so um, but, so you're a bunny but uh but later on you find out about i guess either the speed run or or rando tell me tell me about that yeah so um i think actually at some point that i got into uh the binding of isaac um when i uh, that i played mm-hmm. that a lot on pc and yeah, eventually I was like 
checking out Twitch if there's any speedruns of that. And I promise this eventually goes into LinkedIn Affairs. Um, but yeah, I was checking out Twitch to 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 find Binding of Isaac speedruns. And um, eventually I found a speedrunner that I really liked called Problems IRL. Okay. And I just started watching him a ton. And like he was very good. He, he also held um, like the seven character world record a few times. So he was like amongst the top at the time of uh, Isaac speedrunning. Mm-hmm. And eventually um, he, you know, just wanted to try something else. And he, he told us, like us in chat about how he found this game called uh, Link to the Past Randomizer on Speed Gaming. And that there's a tournament going on, which was the spring 2017 tournament. And he, he thought it looked awesome. Okay. So he wanted to try playing some seeds himself. And yeah, that's essentially how I found the game. Um, I watched him play that and I thought it was extremely interesting because I'd never, that was the first time I'd ever seen a randomizer. And yeah, it just looked really fun. So um, yeah, I, I watched him play it for a while. And then at some point I uh, was on vacation visiting my parents and I didn't really have anything to do while I was at their house. And so I was like, okay, sure. You know what? Guess, guess I'll, you know, get an emulator, try to randomize the thing. And then within like, I don't know how long I was visiting, like probably like two weeks. Within those two weeks, I played like 20 seats. And the moment I got back home, I, oh, wow. I started looking into how to, you know, set up an SRL account, get into racing. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it's from then on, just like played at least two seats a day for a couple of months. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, this was in, in like June 2017, I think. I think that's when I did my first race. So like okay. ages ago. Let's see, June 18th. So did you have? In 2017, it's my first race on SRL. Oh, wow. That's that's definitely pretty early on in Rando's life cycle. Uh, so I guess like you didn't have many resources to go on, you you know, as far as like, I, I try to think, of, think back to like 2017 and, you know, that, that was before when I got in. And even when I got in, there weren't a whole lot of like new runner guides, aids, like, you know, routing was still kind of new and exciting for people. It was kind of like who could full clear the most efficiently instead of, you know, some of the things we see today. So I guess like for you back then, what did you do? Like, how, how did you approach the game to try to get better at each seed? Were you just kind of blindly playing them over and over and hoping stuff worked? Or were you seeing people like Problems IRL do like a specific trick and then you would try to either ask how to do that or kind of copy it to maybe save some time? Like, I guess... One example, like Ice Palace Bomb Jump, you know, if you since you don't have the NMG experience at this point. Um, so I think where I soaked up the most strats. Okay, so the basic strats I definitely, uh, you know, learned from problems when, mm-hmm. yeah, because I just watched them a ton. So like most of the stuff that at least was easy to learn just from seeing, I definitely got from them. Um, but at the same time, the the spring 2017 tournament was going on, and I was watching every single match that I could make time for. And yeah, gotcha. Even then, I, and even there, I you know always try to look out for new strats to learn and stuff like that. I was 
active and active, I mean, I was working a lot on like the main discord, just, you know, trying to learn strats and what I really enjoyed back then already was just learning all these super niche strats that you need like one every 50 seeds or maybe a hundred seeds because those I always sure. found really exciting. So back then there weren't that many of those, I guess, <laughs> just because less right. pieces were known. Um, but like one thing I know, for example, that many people like just didn't know about back then was like water walking to get Lake Hylia Island without uh, flippers. Um, and back then, um, yeah, basically only like oh, the, yeah. the sports water walk was now. And I don't know, that, that's just some, one of those that sticks out to me because like nobody knew or bothered knowing about that back then. And that's just the yeah, kind there was of like no need to. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and now now it's like it's it's almost like everybody knows that trick or knows how to pull it off or when to pull it off. Yeah, it feels like nowadays like everybody just like knows like all those small threads. There's many people that know more than me too. But back then, like oh yeah. People like myself included, just I just didn't know anything about the game. It was kinda crazy. Like there were people that were really fast, but they basically just knew like the NMG speedrun and then knew like a mm-hmm. few you know, random strats, but most of the random specific rooms dated, um, you know, are talking about like the big names back then, like, uh, Ashnap, uh, Crystals, ACMLM and the gang. Um, probably if you went back now and watched their random runs, um, like their random specific strats probably were like pretty basic compared to like the NMG room strats. Right. Yeah. That would, that would make sense. Um, so you, you you learned through the 2017 spring tournament. Um, I, 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 the timeline's always muddy for me as far as like trying to figure this out. So I know there was a fall tournament, but I also know there was an entrance tournament. And I, I, I'm assuming those were different things. Uh, I think they had to be. But uh, which so is the entrance tournament where you kind of jumped in for, to the tournament scene? Yeah, it's. <laughs> I, I remember X saying pretty much the same thing when he was on your podcast, like a few weeks back, but yeah, back then uh-huh. you, like everybody was, or at least, yeah, at least I too was like just trying to play whatever random I could. And I wanted to really join a tournament and well then like the only, ter- or like the next tournament that was coming up was, uh, as in by trying to get this entrance tournament going. So I was like, yeah, I'm in. Boy, was that a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> So we've heard. Uh, so um, I guess tell me about your ex- your experience in that tournament. That tournament was like a really, really tough tournament to play in because I, I think this has been mentioned like at least two times now on this podcast. That, um, but yeah, as in by the, the tournament organizer for that, he handpicked seeds to make them as terrible as possible. And man, right. everybody that played during the tournament, like we came out of it as warriors like that was as as like a new player joining the community and then playing in a tournament like you just you just had to learn how to survive <laughs> and link to the past sure. trash equipment and you know being able to deal with all sorts of terrible situations like that that tournament was special but obviously yeah, it's, it's kind of sure. bad that he handpicked seats but you know in a way that made the tournament special in my heart and you know in a way also very exciting 
Yeah, I mean, if they're all bad, you know, it's I guess you didn't know it at the time. But looking back, it's kind of like it's kind of like the way I look at the 2018 fall tournament. It's like all these modes are terrible when you, you know, pick all these different settings. But if you're not comfortable playing them and you get forced into playing it with like weird equipment, then it actually makes you a better player along the way. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't want anybody to handpick seeds because it's, you know, it's not a great thing to do for a tournament, but in sure. a way, I'm, I'm happy that happened. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes I, I follow what you're saying. It's it's better that we don't have that now. Uh, I think I think racing talk as uh, or the modern okay. racing talk would go bananas if that actually was something that did happen these days. Yeah, you. But you uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so tell me how so how was your tourney experience? I believe that was I I think I was told it was double elimination. Oh God, I I don't remember, but I yeah yeah actually it was um, because I played pick up twice. Uh, but I actually ended up going undefeated in that tournament and winning the whole thing. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that was extremely crazy for me as a new player, you know, just somehow I kept winning, even though I felt like I wasn't even that good. And there, <laughs> I think like, I mean, if I, if I think back to like a special moment to a tournament, there's, um, like one race I did against, uh, Tosh where I was on Ganon like eight minutes before him, but I was on like Masters or Serverless. <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure oh, it was no. like the very first time I ever had to do the Masters or Serverless fight. <laughs> and <laughs> I get to phase four, I get a couple spits in and then I fall. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and you know, like me a new player doing this fight for the first time, I'm, I'm sweating. And... <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, I, I like walk out. I it was cackle, so I just you know walk back around, dropping into the fight, and do my fight. And like if you like for the people that watched the replay, um, Tosh was like when I started, he was still not in go mode, but I think he was like getting his go mode in like GT basement. Um, he had gold sword and maybe even silvers. And wow. The, <laughs> If you look at like the, the like the the VOD on um, YouTube, then like I'm just like in the Ganon fight for eight minutes, and he's like going through GT basement, finding his go mode. He's going back to like the last one or two crystals he needs to get. He he clears those out. Then he goes finally goes to Ganon, and ends up losing by like I don't know, 10, 20, 30 seconds maybe. <laughs> Oh That's, my gosh. So it actually ended up being a close race. Yeah, it ended up being extremely close because I was just so shaky on Masters of Ganon doing it for the first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's phenomenal. But I mean, heck, entering your first tournament and winning, uh, that I, I, that's got to be... <laughs> that, that's something that doesn't really happen now. I mean, I guess it does for, you know, the, say like the mentor tournament because it's a lot of first-time racers. But, you know... That aside, you know, just an open tournament for anybody to enter. I think even then, I think that's pretty special because you've got, you know, people who have probably been around for a little while. People like, you know, you mentioned the ACMLMs, the Christos people, people who know a little bit of the rando strats. Like, I'm not sure if they were in that tournament, but if they're around, obviously they're going to be a little tougher to beat having that experience. Yeah, I think none of the like really established players were in that entrance tournament because I guess Back then, especially back then, entrance was new and 
pretty scary. Um, maybe mm. especially for people that are just used to like NMG stuff. So gotcha. pretty much everybody in their tournament was a new player. And that's probably why it was possible for a new player to win that. Okay, that makes a little more sense. I would say, so So Act did mention to me that this this entrance is nothing like the cross world or the simple shuffle entrance like randomizer that we know today. Is that correct? It was like very different. Yeah, it's, so it was, it started out a simple shuffle and eventually became full shuffle. There was no key sanity and um, what else was there? Oh yeah, a single, like single, um, entrance caves were only shuffled with single entrance caves. So like sea house could only be shuffled with like chest game, but not mm-hmm. with, you know, um, like a dungeon or like paradox cave or whatever. Like those sure. were a different pool of entrances essentially. Okay. That makes sense. So you win this tournament. Do, do you enter the fall 2017 tournament or enter the qualifiers for that? Yeah, I actually played in that and I got pretty far and that one, okay, so the entrance tournament dragged on. So for me, at least the fall tournament finished before the entrance tournament did. Um, I made it to okay top eight, I think. But like the really exciting part was um, I ended up playing Andy in the top 16. And, you know, going into okay. that, you know, it's it's the Andy. It's, you know, he's, he's known to be incredibly good. Um, among everybody and right. you know, it's probably a good speed run time and everything. And I'm just, you know, like a new dude, um, without much experience. And I actually ended up to owing him somehow. Wow. So okay. That, that was incredible for me. And yeah. <laughs> and then I went on to face amazing Ampharos and lost because both our seats had something on catfish. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> so even in 2017, yes. you weren't checking catfish. Even even back then. I, I remember one of them was like really stupid because <laughs> that one I'm maybe still a little bit salty about even six years later. But <laughs> um so like everything was in Light World except the hammer, which was on catfish. And Oh uh, how, how was it? Yeah, I think there was like a a glove on Zora. And AA didn't have the money for it. So he ended up skipping it and then doing Aga. Which, no, it wasn't oh, wow. required. But what what was good for him was that, um, like, eventually when he went back to get it off, he ended up entering Dark World at Aga and just went to Catfish really early <laughs> and got his go mode or almost go mode hammer from there. And yeah, I ended up last occasioning it. So, <laughs> wow. That's yeah. That's super unfortunate. Maybe still a little salty about <laughs> that, but oh well, it's random. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, you know, the reason I brought up so even back then, like for instance, you know, I hate to rub salt in the wound. Back when you were doing the qualifiers for this year's or the 2023 main tournament, like I, I'm 99% sure you were like head and shoulders ahead of everybody in the live. Uh, what was it? There, the in, uh, MC boss race uh just blazing through it but unfortunately there's a trinex in the way and uh in gt and uh, you know you're not going to catfish so <laughs> no yeah yeah the answer was on catfish yeah. and so i didn't really enjoy the seat much anyway like i was 
actually considering forfeiting around the one hour mark. But exactly at that time, I found the boots and I was like, okay, now I got to finish it. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Then, you know, I got Trinex blocked in the client and looked around for like 10 minutes and somebody finished. I was like, okay, I, I don't ever want to play this mode again. So I guess I'm just forfeiting and not joining the main journey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at least you're doing what you want to do, like for you. You're not doing it because you feel like you've got to enter this tournament, like because everybody else is. So that's always yeah. like. A good thing. Yeah. It's- uh, but you do have a love for boots. Uh, and, you know, that's that's something, you know, especially with the emote, you know, the game is playable now, Pog. Uh, that's that's kind of been a staple that I've, I've come to know Jim by. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people have. Um, one thing that kind of sticks out for me, I know you entered into the you were in the 2018 512 Swiss, correct? Yes. Okay. And I, I believe I remember seeing your name in the fall tourney as well. But I know like later on um, in some conversations that I had seen you in, it was kind of like, if we're not doing boot start, I'm probably not joining the main tournament. And uh, I think that may have been later, like 2021 or either the 2019 one. Not 100 percent sure, but I know that uh, I, I also say that because nowadays with ladder, if casual boots is is firing up, and and Jim's awake. There's a good chance you're gonna probably see Jim in the race, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So it's. I think it's happened during like the main tournament after the five twelve Swiss, um, where they had us mm-hmm. play fifteen group races. Um, yeah, that's the brackets. fall one. Yeah, the fall one. Um, during that time, like I I played through groups, and I think I had like a fourteen record. At that point, my execution was already pretty good. So whenever I could, I would pick AD. <laughs> and after playing those 15 races and full clearing most of those seeds, I was just burned out. And and yeah, yeah I that's fair. So, so even though I had like a 41 record, I was like, yeah, I I, I can't join the brackets. I, I just don't enjoy the game right now. And I think from then on, I just stopped playing, especially main tournaments because. They started having bad modes like inverted and I guess also make boss eventually and stuff like that. And I just really mm-hmm. didn't like or I guess I just I just realized that I like having fun with this game and like even if it's a tournament I want to maybe technically join. Um if I have to play modes I don't enjoy, it's just not worth my time. So Yeah, for sure. I just kinda took a step back. Um back then casual boots wasn't a thing. But I I don't even know. What did I play? Like, I guess I just didn't play that often. And when I did, I just played like random open or standards. Um, eventually, Ambrosia came around, which was like, like pretending to be nicer on getting boots. But really... Yeah, it just tells you where they are. Yeah, and then you like completely do terrible routing and then don't find them anyway because it just tells you Dark World and it's not Dark World you have access to. <laughs> And <laughs> like I, I swear that boot scent is actually the worst thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it really is because it, it changes the the way you play the entire game. Uh, at least in my experience. Plus, like you know, with the item always on the boss, it's kind of like you know, Skull Woods has the boots. Well, is it on the boss or is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's always super unfortunate. Um, so I, I kind of jumped uh, jumped around, but. You know, you said your execution was good, you know, in that 2017 and then into 2018, you 
have played NMG a decent amount from what I recall. Uh, when did you decide really to kind of pick that up and, you know, experience the game, you know, vanilla style as far as the speed run? That was, hey, I have no idea. <laughs> That's got to be around like <laughs> 2018 at some point. Um, I'm pretty sure I did at least like a few runs in 2018 just to like have an NMG time. And mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I got a one, like sub 130 back then, or maybe I just stopped at like, I think I stopped at like 131 or 32. Like I just did like four or five runs maybe. Um, then eventually, I think, yeah, an NMG turn happened at some point. Maybe yeah, I, was I think like it was 2018. Or maybe 18, yeah. I think at that point, I started grinding down my time a bunch to like a one, I don't know, 29 or 28, something like that, probably. Right, right. And I guess, I guess, uh, NMG is slightly enjoyable because what is it, 11 minutes and then you get your boots? Yeah, exactly. It's like the boots part isn't the bad stuff about NMG. It's really like the 10 minutes of text bullshit <laughs> that you have to master. Yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, eventually I grinded that time down to 125, 47, but I don't have a full recording okay. of, that, of that because my internet died and I'm too lazy to local record. So my official PB is a 125.59. <laughs> okay, well, it's still a 125. Yeah, you know, exactly. you can, you know, That's your good. official one's still a 125. So, uh, you know, and, and honestly, like the way I viewed it, you probably look at it the same way. It's kind of like you achieved it and it's not like you don't need the recognition of having that specific number on the leaderboard, but you know, you know, you've yeah. done it and that's, that's what's important. Yeah, pretty much. So I want to ask this too, like, cause you have been around for so long and I know like you've taken some breaks. You mentioned that like, you know, when we didn't have boot start and things. So what keeps you coming back around? Like playing this game now, I guess like, you know, what, what makes it fun for you considering we've been around you know, we've been around Hyrule like a countless number of times as far as, you know, the randomization. Is it is it the tech? Is it finding new tricks and new ways to experience the game, the gambles or something completely unrelated? Game's fun, man. <laughs> no, so yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you're not wrong. That's 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 fair. Yeah. So, yeah, at, at, at that's cool. I, I really definitely just really enjoy the game. Like executing it is fun, assuming you have the boots, of course. Then, yeah, there's just definitely like all the tech and like the cool stuff you can do. The way you can be creative with the routing, um, especially enjoyable if you can use some, you know, stupid niche strats to make things like just a tiny bit more efficient. Mm-hmm. Then a big part of it is, of course, right. also the community. Um, so I, I was pretty burned out of the game um, during 2022. I didn't actually play that much, even though Casual Boots mm-hmm. Ladder existed. Um, but then, like, SGL rolled around, and, you know, I was meeting everybody live and got to play it live, and that just very recently reinstated my, you know, enjoyment of the game, and I've been playing it a ton more since then because, yeah, I've been just really enjoying it. Uh, I've also been more active in the community. I've made a bunch of new friends and yeah that's always good it's definitely also just like a very strong way to make me enjoy the game oh yeah for sure like there's so many good runners and like people to bounce ideas off of because like you know 
I feel like you're the type of guy who a lot of times will just have an idea. Like, I wonder if this is going to be faster and then you'll you'll boot the practice hack up and try this and then you'll lab it out. You'll find a way to do it and then you'll bounce it off, you know, other high end runners just to say, hey, is this like something that would be viable? Like that that seems to be something I've seen you do at least once or twice. Okay, so usually it doesn't involve the practice hack for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Usually I'm too lazy for that, but it's true. I've, I've probably booted it up once or twice to try things. That, that That's probably right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, well, that's fair. I do enjoy, like, musing about, like, slightly different routes and ways to do things, for sure. So I know um, also that you, you've entered uh, both of the spoiler pilot tournaments, and, um, you know, I kind of know that, you know, from from chatting in uh, various discords that, that I'm assuming that's a mode that you do enjoy quite a bit. Oh yeah. I, I love that mode. Um, so I never really got into regular spot until recently, but, um, back during that league season two, have it too. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Season two, we had spoiler pilot and, and season basically two, so season two onward, except for this past one. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I guess then back during season two, um, we, I guess we're forced to play it and I definitely enjoyed it. We, um, and season three as well. And I think around season three might've also been when the first pilot spoiler tournament rolled around. Is that right? Maybe, maybe it's a bit further Yeah, apart. it's something, it might've been around that time frame. I, I want to say it was the first, uh, spoiler pilot tournament or pilot spoiler was, um, it was 2021. So yeah, it was about season right in between seasons three and four. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, just, just playing through those. Um, I kind of realized that spoiler is pretty fun. Um, because like my, I think my execution is pretty good and I'm also pretty decent at low percent stuff. Um, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, thanks to, um, the, you know, the legendary, first entrance tournament back then. Maybe that one helps with low percent. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, just going only fast is, I think, what makes spoilers so appealing to me. And looking at the spoiler lock always seemed really daunting to me. Um, so I only ever wanted to be right. the runner for a pilot. Um until recently, like at some point after like the most recent pilot spoiler tourney, I was like, huh? I just realized that, you know, there are no keys in regular open spoiler and you have 15 minutes to find like what, 20 items, if even that many, <laughs> how hard can right, it be? Yeah. So I did like, you know, just, I already knew what each chest was named. So that part uh, wasn't really an issue for me. So I could just like. You know, I just looked at like a spoiler log for an open seat and gave myself 50 minutes and like I had my route done in like, and I was like, huh, I guess this isn't that bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, that, after that, I was like, okay, guess I'm, you know, playing spoiler whenever it comes around again. And then I proceeded to play an absurd amount of spoiler opens during the last better season. Uh, hang on. I played like over 30 it was let's see 31 wow. yeah, in, in one season it's just 
That's that's more. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, that's that's. I I have no idea how I managed to play this many, but I know I squeeze some in at like midnight or like six a.m. because you know they're so short. You can just squeeze them in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it does make it a little a little easier. Uh, I think you are in the uh, the current SGL online spoiler tournament, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll have to make sure I catch some more of your races. I think I, I remember seeing you in a qualifier, and that's why I was like, I don't think he dropped. So, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, so many people have touted you as one of one of the best execution runners in this game, uh, which it clearly shows uh, in <laughs> in things like spoiler routing, routing it all as well. Like it's not just execution with spoiler. You've got to be able to make a route and also make it make sense. You know, you can just you can't just go to the items all out of order for sure. Yeah, I would like to correct you. I'm, you know, maybe one of the best execution players if Ari isn't, you know, in whatever race I'm racing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Fair. Fair that's, enough. That's maybe a bit important <laughs> to find out. Uh, no, but <laughs> but yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to to the spoiler journey. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that plays out. I need to try really hard not to speculate when I'm a swamp. I. You know, <laughs> that's that's gonna be yeah, the hardest this- thing maybe to do um, to not get dequeued by Specky Clip, and yeah, and after that, just gotta <laughs> gotta roll and execute, right? How hard can it be? <laughs> yeah, I think I think you'll be okay. Um, I do want to ask. So you've been on, you were in the ALTTPR league. We talked about league for just a brief second, kind of referencing timelines. But you were uh, on a team with Ak and Korek. Um, both, both who threw your name around, uh, on, on this show, um, but, uh, didn't play after season three. And I know you said you're a little more, uh, renewed as far as your, uh, drive to playing the game. Uh, correct may have said something about a hint. So I, I have to ask, like we're coming up on season six is, do we, do we see, uh, the legendary team return this year? Uh, perhaps. <laughs> okay no uh yeah we, right. we signed up we signed up um we're okay looking forward awesome. to playing. <laughs> i'm i'm looking forward to having you guys back uh i when when correct dropped the hint i got real excited i was like oh man uh i mean obviously as we're recording the signups are open so i have access to that but i didn't want to completely out you uh i wanted to at least leave it up to you so uh <laughs> <laughs> So you knew, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm super excited to see you guys back in the league. Thanks, we're we're happy to be back. Awesome, I'm glad. I'm glad you're happy. Some people I think are here and they don't want to be, uh, <laughs> but that's another topic. That's like just entering tournaments because you feel like you have to. Hey, you know, if they're in the invitational league, I, you know, if they want to drop, we we would gladly take their place. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> So uh, in wrapping things up here a little bit, I've got three questions that I always ask everybody um, and you're going to be no exception. So uh, first, what is your most embarrassing moment in randomizer that I guess you're willing to talk about? (laughs) So that was, I think this was during the 15 group races main tournament. Oh, that's fall 2018, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So in one of those races, I played Shady Force, and okay, what was it? It was it was retro, I remember, but that's not really important. Um, either way, 
Um, <laughs> so I was pendant swamp and I was pretty new to hovering and I made it to GT without hookshot. And yeah, so, um, you know, I, I look, I, I go to GT hoping that maybe I, I'll find hookshot there. If not, I'll just hover. How bad can it be? Um, I end up making my way to more than two, <laughs> not for having hookshot, of course. And I start hovering and fall. And then I try again and fall. And then I try again and fall. And suddenly, you know, 10 minutes have passed. Uh, <laughs> I'm, oh, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm, you know, well into the 30 tries. I'm just praying for Shady to finally finish. And on my either 35th or the 36th try, um, I can never remember if I fell 35 times or it was the 35th try that I finally made it on. But eventually I, I did make oh that God. <laughs> after, yeah, that many tries. And, you know, I move on to again, fight him. And somehow I end up winning. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I feel like that's one of those deals. I feel like that's one of those deals where you... You, you want him to finish to put you out of your misery until you get the hover. And then it's like, okay, please don't win. Yeah, now. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how I felt. Like probably like after the 10th attempt that I failed, I was like, come on, Shady, just finish now. Just, just, just get me out of, let me out of my misery. And then, and then imagine failing another 20 times. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> With that mindset. Uh, yeah. So I think the hawkshot was in some really terrible spot. I, it was either in like first chest swamp or um I wanna say maybe Bombos tablet and I don't know where the book was, but yeah, it was just really bad. And mm. wow. Shady essentially last located it while I I guess hit the god rod to make it to GT this early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, at the time maybe I'm very embarrassing, but I I mean now it's just like really funny. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. And that, that's kind of the, the spirit of the question. So I think you nailed that. That's uh, <laughs> thank you for sharing that. I think that's great. <laughs> um, so second question, uh, what is your favorite MSU pack to use? I have two favorites, uh, completely unbiased. The, the library of Runa MSU pack and the fake grand order MSU pack, um, both made by okay. myself. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, uh, kind of, you know, I really like those soundtracks, so I make uh, MSU for those. And well, now I guess it's my favorite MSU kind of guy. Um, there's oh yeah, other MSUs I like. There's uh, the Duplo pack. Um, mm -hmm. There is the Lamudana MSU pack. I like those a lot. But but yeah, the two MSU packs I made, I essentially made because I really like the soundtracks. So that's why they're my favorite. Awesome. Uh, and. Finally, uh, if you had to lose all your gaming memories, but you're allowed to keep one, uh, which one would you keep and why? Hmm. <laughs> I know this that's, is a hard question. This is such a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, maybe that's a bit cliche, but I guess like as a gaming memory, it's like, you know, finding the friends in this community. That one's maybe was probably the most important for me. Um, because sure. yeah, I don't know. The, like the the people that I met in this community are just like out of all the online friends I made, like the ones that are just so important to me, and I just really wouldn't want to forget about them. Like forgetting about the game itself, that's fine. Maybe even better because you know, learning it all over again could be fun. But 
Yeah. Sure. Losing to France, that, that would really suck. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I could definitely support that. That's that's great. Um, so I guess, uh, you know, the floor is yours. Is there anything? Do you have anything to like promote anything you're working on? Or is it just maybe follow you on Twitch uh, for an occasional uh, rando race or some other things? Um, if, yeah, I, I guess come follow me if you want. Uh, you don't have to. I, I can forgive you. Um, not saying I will, but it's, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you have a really good follower emote. So like following you is, is reward enough to get your GG emote. True. I would say. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty proud of that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, follow Dante. He's, he's a pretty cool runner. I, I hear he sometimes dances on stream too. So Sometimes I sometimes I might actually play a Zelda. Who knows when? What, I, I think I did that recently, and I played eighty keys, and then I n- didn't want to play anymore because my boots were in tile room. Oh, see, that's, so, that's your mistake. You have um, to start with boots. Yeah, the, the the ladder that fired up, though. You know, it was like the timing. I was like, yeah, I'll play this, and you know how that goes. Um, you get a little too over eager, and yeah. you play something you didn't really want to play, and then you had to you you pump forever. Oh yeah. So yeah, I. Definitely never done that before. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, thanks so much for coming on, man. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you here, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to share your story with everybody. Yeah, thank, thank you for having me. I, I had a blast being here. Thanks, guys. And this has been Jim on the Spoiler Log. Once again, huge thanks to Jim for coming on the show. Uh, I'm glad we were able to convince him to do so. Coming up soon, we have a whole lot of things lined up for you guys. Uh, Today, there was a little bit of discussion around having the other mentor tournament winners on the podcast as far as the Tempered Sword, Master Sword, and Fighter Sword bracket goes. And I'm going to entertain the idea to maybe see about doing something here for that. I can't guarantee anything. We'll see how things play out. I'll see if I can work something out with everyone. No promises, but I will at least say I will give some effort to do that. So yeah, new episodes coming real soon. You guys stay tuned. We'll see you next time.